I'm not really sure what we're going to <laughs> talk about on this episode because it was so boring. <laughs> this is like the most boring episode of The Haunting of Hill House ever. I mean, out of 10, there had to be one clunker, I guess. Must suck to be number seven in anything. he'll get tired and walk away (laughs) i don't think that's true i think he will be here for the entire episode (laughs) that's possible this is the first episode i'm going to do feeling like a a super villain just (laughs) petting a cat in my lap (laughs) hello spooky listeners and welcome to another mini-sode of my spooky gay family and we have a very special guest today We are actually recording at Sam's house for the first time in uh, the last time here. Yeah, the last time we recorded here was uh, it chapter two. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a great track record of episodes that are recorded in my kitchen. Yeah, so this episode will undoubtedly end in us breaking into a crazy fight. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have a a very special guest today. His name is Wallace, and he is a cat. (laughs) And ever since I walked in the door, he will not. Uh, leave me alone. He wants nothing but love and attention. So I'm just going to pet Wally for the entire episode. <laughs> and I don't think he's going to complain about it. No, he seems perfectly happy to be a guest star today. So he's always the he always pulls the focus. You can't share the stage with Wally. No, never work with animals or children. And he is both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are you, Sam Baxter? I'm doing okay. Um this week was kind of was kind of disappointing on the haunting of Hill House front. I'm not gonna lie. So it really was like I don't know, I don't know what it was about this episode that was so like blah. It just was a very blah episode. It was a lot of like exposition and didn't have a lot of like substance to it. Yeah, no, it was mostly just kind of the the narrative just being like, look at how sad Hugh's life is. Yeah, Hugh gets an episode, but it's like, his life is sad, but they don't even do like a very compelling job of like conveying the sadness. It's just like, Hugh is, uh, uh, he he just like can't talk and he won't do anything. He's like, guys, I I saw them clean the house. No, no. <laughs> and, and they're like okay d- shut up dad <laughs> yeah the, the, the only person he talks to in this episode really is his dead wife his dead so, wife yes uh because she is the only one apparently who will listen to him <laughs> <laughs> i can't even like linearly linearly in a linear way yeah go through this episode because i d- we watched it yesterday yeah. With with every intention of recording. And then I had done a brunch outside in like 95 degree heat and decided that just wasn't happening. Um, and so today I'm like, I, sh- I, I can't even really remember the linear path of this episode because it was so like, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was just kind of nothing. It was like it was like the episode that never happened. I believe we started with Hugh trying to pick out a tie for Nell's funeral. I think that's where we where we started out. And he's kind of talking to himself, which we learn later on means he's talking to Olivia. Talking Carly to Regina. Olivia, yes. Yeah. He's talking to Olivia and um for there's some scene in the beginning of where because uh, I'm I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking about when I wrote this note and my first note for the whole episode is but is Olivia a mess because he keeps saying like oh Olivia is such a mess Olivia is such a mess and I was like I was like but is is Olivia such a mess like he just keeps talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and I was like poor Olivia could you imagine if oh that's right because we actually start in the police station after everything happened yes we start in the police station uh Oh, right, right, right. He's talking to the, the police officer. Yeah, he's talking to the The cop. same one who we find out later was in his house taking out the dead guy, yeah. Mr. Hill. Yes, Mr. Hill. But we don't know who Mr. Hill is yet. <laughs> no, we haven't We haven't gotten there. And if I'm being honest, we don't really find out who he is later either. <laughs> yeah, we don't find out a whole hell of a lot about Mr. Hill, but he is, um, he is the liveliest character this episode. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) The dead guy on the wall is the most active participant in episode seven. Yeah, no, he's emoting the most. I think think the only other like moment we have of liveliness is Theo does kind of a hysterical looking scream at one point in this episode. At the very end. At the very end. Mm. Um, Because Kate Siegel just kind of like, you can see her like pause and like wait for the, like wait for her mark. And then like, she just lets go. And Bruce- <laughs> <laughs> she looks like Steve Carell in Bruce Almighty when in the deleted bit. scene when he gets lit on fire. Um, yes, we do start with with um, Hugh picking out a tie and he is talking to no one. Okay. Um, I also made a note about that and I said uh, I also talk to myself, but usually it's to yell at inanimate objects. <laughs> And I don't know when I started doing that. This has nothing to do with Haunting of Hill. It's fine. Um, I don't know when I started doing this, but it's like, I, I talk to, like, it, it literally inanimate objects, like a toothbrush or uh, whatever. And I, like, yell at it. Like, if, if I drop it, I yell at it like it's its fault. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> that's what we wanted to do today. Bop, 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 bop. Like, I start, like, yelling. I'm sure if anyone saw me do it, I would look like the craziest person alive. I'm glad you don't have kids. I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm not glad gonna I sugarcoat don't no, just, <laughs> if that's how you treat your toothbrush I can't imagine what you would do to something that like was actively pooping on something you cared about yeah that's why I don't have pets or children <laughs> because that's- I can't I don't think I would deal well with things pooping on my things either <laughs> <laughs> um and then we kind of get into the whole situation with Nell's funeral and obviously Janet comes and all of the crazy shit that comes with that. But um, something that I noticed throughout this episode is that, you know, we constantly have Hugh. They're always kind of going on and on about Hugh still having Olivia there with him and talking to her. And he kind of views it as a coping mechanism. I don't know if, are they strictly trying to say that she is not there? I was kind of unclear on that as well. Like, I wasn't actually sure if we're supposed to believe that this is just 100% a projection of his mind or if this has something kind of to do with the house. 
Yeah, because it, it it's like you said, they they did not make it very clear. It's very like ambiguous. Although he has that line when he's talking to Luke at the end, he says like, you know, I talk to people or I see people who aren't there. You know, I see your yeah. mother all the time. But, you know, for me, it's a more of a coping mechanism. But that's not to say that it's not real that it doesn't that doesn't happen for some people that other things you see aren't real and it's like it was very unclear to me whether he was saying that this is literally just a figure of his imagination or or if it's something that he has coped with by calling it a coping mechanism i i think i lean more toward that where i believe hugh believes that he sees her. That she's a figment of his imagination, but I don't know that she necessarily is. That she really actually is. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, we know for, you know, spoiler alert, Olivia goes just a slight bit cuckoo bananas toward the end of her life. <laughs> she does. So, you know, as we see in this episode, actually, you know, her <laughs> slow descent into cuckoo bananas. I had a, I had a, I had a very interesting thought about it, and I'll, I'll tell you about it later. But um, if. If she is actually there, which I think we're still kind of on the fence whether or not we we think that. Yeah, whether or not the sane version of Olivia is, is real or not. Right. If she is there, my question was, why can he see and talk to Olivia, but not Nell? It's a good question. I don't know necessarily that Nell wants to talk to her father. Mm. even though he's the last person she talked to and seems to be the person she was the most comfortable talking to yeah with, it seems, with the exception of possibly luke it seems odd that she wouldn't that being said it's been a long time since what happened with olivia we don't know how long he's been seeing her mm. like maybe it takes some time i don't know yeah i'm not sure because th- there were a lot of questions that this episode in particular raised for me because I mean, different characters see the different ghosts in different ways. You know, Hugh always sees Olivia as her young self kind of healthy, healthy and unfazed. Yeah. Luke later in the episode sees Nell and Olivia kind of decomposed and dead. Yeah. Um, And then Hugh sees Olivia decomposed and dead at the end with Theo with Theo yeah but which is the first time in the series that we know for a fact that two characters saw the same thing at the same time at the same time yeah agreed um I guess it just became kind of one of those things it's like I'm I'm trying to figure out why like what the connection is between certain things that sometimes like Olivia can appear both healthy and dead and Nell always appears as the bent neck lady. Yeah. No, we never see a a healthy version of Nell's ghost. The only one time and it's with Steve right after she's died. Yeah, that's true. But even then she looks, yeah, she looks, you know, she she looks dead. She looks tortured. You know, (laughs) (laughs) She looks unwell. <laughs> she, she did not take her Boniva. Um, yeah, I think this episode was kind of. It was a it was a little confusing for me, and that's not to say that it's poorly written because it, it could just mean that I there was stuff I was missing, but it, it 
it definitely did kind of, it raised some questions for me about what the narrative was meant to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think, I think this episode was supposed to be kind of a, a pause break before we dive into the climax of the series because the last three episodes move pretty quickly. They do. Thank um, goodness. So. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after this. I think this is supposed to be kind of the breath before the plunge a little bit and also a little bit kind of, you know, we've been, we've been asking and the characters have been asking for seven episodes, what the fuck did Hugh see? What happened that night? Mm-hmm. Hugh is the only person who knows anything anything about what (laughs) happened so by taking a moment to kind of give us a little glimpse at what's going on with Hugh I think the idea is see you're not getting answers yet you'll get them soon but not yet Mm -hmm. and it's kind of I I think it's it's really just it's to set the stage for episode eight more than it is a real thing on its own yeah I agree with that so it's kind of a filler episode. It's kind of not like I was interested to see Hugh's point of view on stuff. If nothing else, like Hugh out of everybody is in the in the, the younger version of Hugh is not as or seems to be less susceptible to the house than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't seem to see as much. He doesn't seem to really be bothered by it. He's far more concerned with the mold in the walls than he is with like seeing things that aren't there. You know, it's funny. That actually leads me to my next note, which was that Hugh is basically dad. (laughs) (laughs) He's always like, this mold. And everyone's like, I got chased by a lady with no neck. And and he's like, the mold. (laughs) It's like your wife is like slowly descending into madness. Like your, your middle daughter is like can feel things and tell stuff about them. Your oldest daughter is, like, seeing shit in her sleep, like, (laughs) and your youngest daughter has found a friend named the Bent Neck Lady. The Bent Neck Lady, who is reappearing and reappearing and reappearing. And it's like, you are only worried about the mold. That is an oddly specific image for a six-year-old. Like, like, Yeah, right? Like, it's one of those things where you kind of have to sit there and say, uh, even if, even if. It is a nightmare. Even if it is something she is imagining, where is this imagery coming from? And what is kind of inflicting it upon her? Because this is meant to be the 80s, you know? Yeah. In the 80s, I I can't imagine where this imagery would be coming from for her. Like, it's not like there were a lot of, like, TV shows on that this, or, or like, weird, you know what I mean? She she yeah. didn't like accidentally log into Netflix and and watch the haunting of Hill House. Yeah, no, she didn't like watch a scary <laughs> movie and get it stuck in her head. Yeah, it it was much harder to see things like that by accident thirty years ago. It was much harder to see those things. Period. Honestly. Yeah. Like agreed. even on purpose, like you had to kind of work for it. Yeah, especially as a child, like, uh, I, I think as a as a teenager, it was a little bit easier. But none of these kids are in their teens yet. No, they're all very young. And uh, Nell and Luke especially are young enough that I would just, I, I, I would question Hugh's level of concern over what's happening to his family, which mm-hmm. is why I'm, I was actually happy for Mr. Dudley's like Shakespearean soliloquy halfway through this episode. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> like it, it was it was like six minutes long. Like, uh, well, and the funniest part about that is that I I just said Mr. Dudley is a fucking creep because he kind of is. Like the whole speech is like kind of out of nowhere. Like he was like he was like, can you hand me that wrench? And he's like, my daughter was a stillborn. And he's like he's like I'm 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 really really terribly sorry. Could you just move that plastic a little to the left? He's like, my wife ran through the woods at night. And and he's like, I I really don't I, I, I'm very sorry. And he's like, she had scratches on her face. I heard my daughter's moans. And you're like, okay, okay, Mr. Dudley, go to bed. <laughs> it's nap time. Like, lay down. I do want to actually give the actor a little bit of props, though, because, like, he delivered it very well. It's just, he did. It was, it, was, it was this, like... Yeah, he did it in one take, which was very impressive. He remembered all those lines. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, it's this rambling speech that just doesn't seem to fit anything else, like... And really, the worst part is that, like, it does set some of the stage for, uh, what, whatever, what's the daughter's name? Like, and, uh, starts with an A, I can't remember. His daughter, Mr. Dudley's oh, daughter. Abigail. Abigail. Um. Spoiler alert. Yes. For those of you who haven't seen the film. <laughs> <laughs> um his daughter uh like it, it sets some of the tone or it sets some of the scenery i should say for that and it sets basically the scenery for the rest of the episode where olivia descends into madness but it just seemed like a very long moment for it, all of that it really was and it kind of felt like they were just like okay we're gonna take this like really nice like touching moment right here and i'm like this isn't touching this is just taking a really long time yeah, it, it like, went on for a while. Like, it was supposed to be creepy. I don't think it really achieved that. I think you just kind of end up feeling bad for Mr. Dudley and even worse for the actor who had to memorize that whole thing. I know. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> it really did just kind of, like... It went on a little too long, and I I felt like the the setting wasn't quite right for it. Yeah, they're standing in the basement with, like, a bunch of, like, plastic tarp around and stuff. Like, I feel like this should have happened in, like, some gothic-looking study or something. Or they should have been doing something. Like, I understand that they they had kind of taken a break because of the mold and yada, yada, yada. But it felt a little bit like these two guys were working and then one was like, I'm going to have a sandwich. And the other one was like, my wife is dead. And it's like, (laughs) uh, not that she's dead, but... It just felt very, it felt kind of like it came out of nowhere to me. Um, it was kind of a strange scene. And again, it's it was just kind of getting us ready for literally, I think, the next scene when, you know, Hugh wakes up and uh, Olivia has the screwdriver in his neck. Yeah. Not in it, but jabbing into it like she's going to stab him. That kind <laughs> of begs the question where she got the screwdriver. Like, there, she just sleeps with a screwdriver under her pillow. I, I, yeah, don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that must just be her, 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 her best friend. I said she just wanted to screw. But um bum. But um bum. I was like, this really is not my best friend. She was like sitting like astride him as well, which was it kind was, of, it was again kind of strange. Yeah, a very strange moment. 
Yeah. Because it's never really like what what was what did she say was the reasoning? She said she had a, a terrible dream. Yeah, she said she was having a really terrible dream. Um and he's like, You fucking think? Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're trying to murder me. I would, I would hope it's not a good dream. Uh and it's like, well, what was the dream then? It's again, one of those things that's never really clarified and I don't really know why, because that's something we could have spent a little time on instead of, you know, Mrs. Dudley running crazy through the woods with no light. <laughs> I mean, I think we get a little bit of explanation and I want to say it's episode nine um, is kind of Olivia's backstory episode where mm. we we get to focus on Olivia a little bit, which which is a strange kind of narrative device since Olivia's dead. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> kind of unnecessary so, so it, it feels a little weird because like we don't have a present day olivia to, to need to understand to. yeah I, and, and what's funny is i it feels like i'm watching this series for the first time because i really don't have a strong recollection of how this all ties in like i i have i watched it and enjoyed it two yeah. years ago but i have not watched it since and so i don't have a strong recollection of how the story all gets tied up and the bow gets put on. So this all feels still a bit mysterious to me. I know I have some recollection of what happens next with Luke. Right. But that's about it. Yeah, no, Luke is kind of the only person who's like taking decisive action at the moment, even though mm-hmm. it's, he's running away kind of at the moment. Yeah. But he's running towards something. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> yes, because we find out at the end of the episode that he stole a credit card and Theo's, uh, car. Theo's car. And he has gone. <laughs> we have no idea how he stole Theo's car. We know that he took the credit card out of Shirley's... Out of no, Shirley's bag. Out of Shirley's pocket. Shirley. I keep <laughs> calling her Shirley, but it's like the way they all say it, it really does sound like they're saying Cheryl. It really does. And I do think we need to take a moment to talk about the, like, useless Shirley drama in this episode. Like, I know. Like, the whole thing with Theo and Kevin just felt, like, really forced last so episode. Forced. So, like, this episode, it feels like... It should have been wrapped up. Like, yeah, no, like, Shirley, get the fuck over it. Like, especially considering I know what happens in the next episode where we focus on you. I know. So, like... <laughs> And and we won't spoil that for you no, if, if you're watching along for the first time. But um, it, it yes, it really does beg the question of like, what? Where did you get this high horse, and just how high does it go? Yeah, seriously, like you got the world's <laughs> tallest horse, and we're not sure where exactly you found the money to buy it. Yeah, <laughs> because you didn't even think you had your brother's hundred thousand dollars. Um, yeah, sh- Shirley kind of. I, I don't know. She's been bothering me the last two episodes because she is that that typical older sister or, or older sibling, I should say. That older sibling who kind of can't see beyond their own merits to see that they may have misinterpreted something or, or may have gone down the wrong road on a few things. And yeah, like, she she doesn't even try to find out what happened. Like, she just assumes the worst and keeps going. Yeah, and it's like, if I, if I thought I caught two people doing something, I would ask them what happened. Right. 
at least before like you go off on like such a crazy tangent that you like miss the limo to your sister's funeral because you're being that big of fucking bitch yeah like <laughs> like i can't get in this limo because my husband and children are inside it and it's not weird for the kids at all that mommy doesn't want to ride with daddy yeah a b like i can't get in this car because my sister's in it and, then, and i have no backup plan but fuck this and then she talks to huge because she's in she obviously takes the car with you but it's like the second the thing I don't understand is Hugh keeps trying to be very paternal and he keeps trying to be like, he hasn't done anything that egregious to me. And it's like, I understand that these kids have, have certain feelings about the way things were handled after their mother's death and, and all of that. But it's like, I don't know. Maybe we came from an especially fucked up family that I'm like, that, like this doesn't seem that bad. Why are you so upset? <laughs> yeah, no, especially like the, the vitriolic hatred they have for him. Like, like they treat him like dirt, like this, this, less than dirt, this entire episode. And it's like, I don't understand how you can have like no understanding at all of where he's coming from. Because like, he went through the same thing you did. Yeah, like, he lost his wife. Like, it's not like... Like, I could almost understand if there was the implication that some of them thought he killed her. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's not brought up in any way. Yeah. It's never it's never stated that any of them felt that way. And that's why I... It's like Steve kind of gets on his case about believing in ghosts and believing in the supernatural and... I think at some point it's kind of insinuated that that Hugh ki- kind of dragged the family through the mud over the story because he refused to say of anything other than the house killed Olivia and yeah. that it was supernatural. It has kind of an Amityville horror kind of feel to yeah, the story. Yeah, it's kind of you fucked up our lives by telling this like outrageous lie, mm-hmm. which... At least Stephen and Shirley believe it's a lie. We know that Luke doesn't believe it's a lie. We yeah. know that Nell didn't believe it was a lie. Um, it's unclear where Theo sits on this. I think. I think. Yeah, she I kind mean, of... it's unclear where Theo sits on a lot of things because yeah. she's not very vocal about them. But again, yeah, no, she just drinks vodka and screams really loud. Yeah, and, and, and in this episode, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck. Uh, in this episode, Theo kind of has a touching moment with Hugh, where like. They kind of come to some civil agreement that, like, they're kind of on the same page about things. It, at least that was kind of the subtext I cued into. Yeah, no, especially because the, the only thing I'm going to say, though, is that Theo coaches that in terms of, I understand you now because I fucked up real bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but what did Hugh fuck up real bad? Like, <laughs> like yeah. Like, I'm not sure. And and also, honestly, from my standpoint, I'm sitting here going, like, I don't actually think that Theo did anything wrong. So like, well, I'm kind he, of. Yeah. And I'm sure that that will yeah. come out soon, too. But I don't, I don't know. This whole episode kind of had a strange feel to it because. Again, there's this this thing we've touched on that that Hugh is very, very poorly regarded by all of his children. And this is the episode that's all about Hugh 
And it's never really given, we're never really given a clear reason why. It, it all feels very kind of like, it's part this, and it's part this, and it's part this. And even Luke kind of throws him some shade yeah. at, at the end when he's like, you know, I believe you. I believe that there were ghosts. I believe there are ghosts. And I believe that something very strange is happening. And Luke kind of throws in his face that when he was a kid, his dad told him that ghosts didn't exist. And it's like, that might be very true. But here he is standing, standing there telling you that he does believe in them now and that he doesn't believe you were crazy. It's like, how do you... How do you get to that next level of healing without acknowledging that someone has to come to an awakening? I mean, I think Luke is being stubborn, but I do think <coughs> that there's there's something to be said for and we see it later with uh we see it later with Steve when Ghost Olivia is telling Hugh exactly what he should say and then he doesn't say it. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> which is its own amazing form of repressive bullshit. But yeah. um it's that kind of because he never says he's sorry they don't let go of their anger so i think that's what we're supposed to be getting is that if he would just apologize for a couple of things that his relationship with his kids would be a lot better but i don't know i still i think that this episode is supposed to like humanize hugh it's supposed to like look at the audience and say see he's not such a bad guy and like the thing is like I never thought he was a bad guy. Yeah, he never came off as a bad guy. Like, so it, it seems like almost a silly thing to have to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to be like, no, see, he's not a monster. It's like, who thought he was a monster? Like, the, the only person who thought he was a monster was the writer. Like, <laughs> like Stephen clearly feels that way, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and and it, again, like, like you said, it doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't, it, it's so unclear what it is that he did that was so egregious. Yeah, poor Hugh. Yeah. Like, I feel <laughs> I feel bad for him. Like, by, by the end of this episode, it's kind of like, I just want his, his four remaining children to shut up. I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> I do want, I want them all to kind of like sit down and be like, all right, this is how we're going to work through this. But <clears throat> I, I, I get that it's, I get that it's, kind of heightened emotions because they are at Nell's funeral. And while we're on the topic, I do want to say one thing. Why were all the guys wearing boutonnieres? I didn't even notice that, were they? All of the men at Nell's funeral were wearing boutonnieres. Is that a thing? I don't know. I It feels strange that the only time in your life you wear a boutonniere is at prom and at funerals. <laughs> that seems strange. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anyone wear a boutonniere at a funeral. I don't think I have either. Maybe um, it's a Massachusetts thing. <clears throat> I don't know. And you know someone's going to write in after this and be like, we always have boutonnieres at our funeral. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> 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 we just must be the, the fucking bullshit artists that we are that we don't ever go to funerals with boutonnieres. Our family is a bunch <clears throat> of uncouth heathens, so, you know. That's how it all works. You're going, are we supposed to be wearing flowers? No one told us. <laughs> I also, um, I saw a moment in this in this episode that I was like, this is ripe for parody. Um, and it's the moment when 
Olivia brings the blueprints down to Hugh in the basement. Yeah. And she's like, got those blueprints for you. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he's just had the long discussion with Mr. Dudley about like, if your wife seems scattered. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she should take a break from the house. And he's like, okay. And then he opens up the blueprints and he looks like terrified. Yeah. And then it just cuts away. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if he like opened the blueprints and it was just like, a picture of a fish like like <laughs> like olivia just drew like an african safari like whatever the fuck she drew it was just so bizarre it's like huh <laughs> i think olivia's a little scattered <laughs> she's a mess <laughs> you hear those blueprints it's like a child's drawing of a daisy <laughs> <laughs> it's olivia looking like superman launching into space um Yes, I do think that uh, that was probably the most, because as as someone who basically makes a living concocting parodies, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> I should do like a parody Haunting of Hill House trailer where, uh, you know, Pissy is, is like, got those blueprints for you. And it just, it's like, uh, it's just like cutouts of 70s porn. <laughs> or some like some bizarre thing that doesn't make any sense. Um, this is a giant cartoon penis. Just <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about before we put this episode to rest. And this is probably our shortest mini-sode yeah. uh, on in, Haunting of Hill House. Because, months. Because there's, no, uh, there's nothing to talk about. But um, something I thought about because this episode was so boring and I had time to think was uh, there are famously, and we've talked about this before, they have famously said that there are ghosts peppered throughout this series. Yeah. That are kind of in the background of things. Have you been looking for them? I haven't because I've been trying to focus more on what's going on. Same. So I haven't been looking for them. Um, I realized that and I was like, we're doing a watch along. We probably should be looking for the ghosts. So I spent this episode looking for them and I didn't see any. And maybe I'm just blind, but uh, I feel like at the end of this whole mini-sode watch along, we're going to have to like go like open one of those articles and look for and be like, okay, these are the ghosts we missed. Because... uh, I did not happen to see any in the in this episode. That said, I was like three quarters of the way asleep to this whole episode because I had I was exhausted. But um, I did not catch any ghosts, and I'd be interested to hear if anyone did while they were watching. Yeah, no. If you guys have been noticing sort of the background ghosts, like please let us know because I my understanding is that they're kind of flashes on single frames. Like it's not like Oh really? Yeah, it's not like they're like moving around or anything. It's I always assumed it was like if you looked hard enough in a dark scene in the background, like as they were like rounding a corner, you'd yeah. see like someone standing there. Like not moving, but that there yeah. was a ghost there or like some creepy thing that you wouldn't have caught otherwise. Um, you know, my understanding is that they're not visible for very long, so they're very easy to miss. Mm. Um, if we missed any in but, this episode, please let us know, because I would love to like, I would love to know the ones I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because this one was a little light on the scares. Like we had two major scares in here. We had Luke at the gravesite 
Yeah, um, with, with Olivia and Nell. And then we had Theo and Hugh with Olivia in in uh, Shirley's office. Yeah, the um, closing of the episode. Yeah, uh, the one thing I will say for the second one is this is kind of the first time we've seen Olivia's ghost as how she died. And the makeup was done very well. <laughs> it was. It was um, very creepy. It was legit creepy looking. So it was kind of the how highlight of the episode. How are we to assume she died? I can't. Um, I, if, if that hasn't been discussed yet. They've please. said that she threw herself down a staircase. So like her head's bashed in. Uh, like, they said that previously? Yeah. I, I believe it. That. I believe it was in Steven's episode. They talked about it a little bit. Huh. But um, yeah. Down like the main staircase in the foyer, like the grand staircase. Didn't say. Imagine if it was the uh, the spiral the spiral staircase, staircase. <laughs> near, near where Nell went. She's just rolling Ow, oh, down oh, like. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I mean, it's possible she also like it's possible she threw herself from the top of it. I mean, that is possible. That is certainly possible. But Although then it makes you wonder, because that is near the Red Room, we're to understand. Yeah, it's um, not far. It does make you wonder why then Nell was the one who chose to use the rope. Well, she kind of didn't choose to use the rope. The house kind of chose to use the but rope. But you, know you know what I mean? Is <laughs> why Nell was the one to do, if she was the second yeah. one to go, you would think that they would have used the most creative, the house would have used the most creative method on the first person but it had to make her the vent neck lady it was like yeah it was huh. just waiting to turn that screwdriver a little bit <laughs> to kind of and erase. we're back to olivia yes <laughs> and then there's only one more thing i want to talk about before we go mm-hmm. and i swear this is the last thing I, say um, what you will. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time we've seen the red room with the door open mm-hmm. and that kind of the way they end this episode is Hugh running in slow motion toward this open red room door. And mm-hmm. like, I'm sitting here going, we're not going to see what he sees for like two episodes. Why would you put this here? Why would you put this here? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and the answer is to do exactly what it does, which is to make you sit here and go, but what happened is to make yeah. you watch more. But it's, it's to build tension. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you're not going to answer this question for two episodes. It is really what fucked up. It's like, come on. Because they love to do that. They love to pose a question and then answer it like five episodes later. Yeah, if they ever do it all. Yeah, because <laughs> there are some, I'm sure, that don't get answered, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think they kind of chalk it up to there's something really cool that Steve says in the first episode that I, I really appreciated the second time I watched it because I got what they were saying. And... He says, don't expect explanations because there aren't any, hmm. which I interpreted as kind of Mike Flanagan looking at the audience and saying, don't expect me to explain where the ghosts come from. Don't expect me to explain why the house is evil. Like, you're not going to get that explanation this time around. Which, if I'm being honest, I kind of prefer. It was it was something I thought about um, A Quiet Place. I think part of what made it so scary is that they didn't explain where like those monsters came from or what they were or what they were doing or like, it was just like, this is the situation and this is how we're going to deal with it. And I like that kind of horror. So I kind of appreciate that about um, the haunting of Hill house that we, we don't necessarily get the answers we want. And 
It's just frustrating when we don't get that. It is frustrating, but on, <laughs> on the same token, it kind of opens the door for you to be creative. And that's the kind of art I like. I like things that keep the story going in your mind after the story is over. Yeah, so this episode wasn't a total loss. But it's, um, it's definitely my least favorite of the ones we've watched so far. Agreed. And probably will be my least favorite when we reach the end. Yeah. But it wasn't terrible. I know we've ragged on it a lot. It wasn't a terrible episode. Um, it wasn't the best one, though. No. And I think the next one will be better if it's the one I'm thinking of. I th- I think, if nothing else, the next one has a very particular scare that really got me the first time around. And now that I know it's coming, I don't know if it will. I can't wait to but, press stop on the yeah. recording so I can ask you what it was. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to that next week. Well, that said, uh, maybe we should end this one here so yeah. I can hear the thing that scared you and we can uh, <laughs> we, can, we can get to talking about it next week. Um, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I certainly did. Please keep watching along. We'll have a new episode of Uh, the haunting of hill house for you next week and we will have a brand new episode this thursday for you of my spooky gay family um we are doing one of my favorite 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 childhood movies one that scared the fucking pants off me and um i can't wait for you to listen to it so until thursday stay spooky and remember we stopped coming here after dark told miss hill you can fire us But once dinner's served, we leave. Come back in the morning for the dishes. Never spend a minute inside after dark. Yeah, just superstitious at first. But here's the thing, it worked. No more nightmares, no more crying, no one acting scattered. We stuck to it and it's better, so Yeah, it's not my place. But if you find your missus is acting scattered, then yeah, maybe a little time away would do the trick. From the house, I mean. And a little prayer too, most likely. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from The Haunting of Hill House, distributed by Netflix 2018. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions.